one of the gravest, boldest things we can possibly do for each other is be willing to show up and say, I've changed. I see that you changed. I guide people specifically to have an, what I call an individuation accelerator relationship. Your mm. relationship is the place where you will engage in mutual growth. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, yeah, you have to be willing to own your needs and desires and also allow your partner to grow and change. Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Excited as always to be here with you. Woo! Let's take a breath. We are into it. First of all, this is my birthday month at the time of this recording, and you are going to hear all of the expeditious energy that I have right now today in this moment because I have my sister friend with me today. Let me back up season is all about a bold mindset. I want you to fully lean into what it will take and what the surrender will be required of you to really lean in fully to being more bold. You might have considered yourself bold yesterday, but you don't really know bold until you meet my next guest. She is phenomenal and amazing and just gorgeous inside and out. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit jealous of this fantastic library that she always has behind her. It literally makes me get so excited every time I see her because it looks like a rainbow. So curated and cultivated with excellence, just like her. Welcome Dr. Jolie Hamilton, a research psychologist, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and a sex certified sex educator. If you guys have been following the Balance Bully podcast, you already know that means she got the chops. She has credentials to help you in your love life. Hashtag that times four. Jolie has spent the last two plus decades balancing a wild entrepreneurial spirit with a deep desire to have a secure, passionate partner, plus her seven kids, where they've been nurturing from the inside of their soul out for the last umpteen years. Clearly, she is not just teaching you about sex. She has plenty of it because they have seven babies. That's all I'm going to say about that. Dr. Jolie, welcome to the Balance Bully Podcast. How are you today? Oh, Nikita, I am happy because I am so happy to talk to you anytime and to talk to your audience because I love this podcast and I love what you bring to the world through it. Oh, thank you, Jolie. She's being sweet for y'all. You don't even understand. <laughs> Jolie, I would love for you to just take a moment and just share with everyone that's listening what kind of work you're doing in the world, because you have credentials on top of credentials, on top of experience, on top of credentials. And I know you can speak to a broad audience, but you have some very special, unique ways of showing up in the world for your clients. And I would love for you to share that. Yeah. So I guide couples. A lot like you do. I guide couples through a fun, action-oriented year of up-leveling their love. And, you know, relationship work is hard. Yeah. But it, and it's powerful. I specialize in working with clients who live a little bit outside the box. So when I say I work with couples, I actually work with couples and moresomes, people who are living outside the box, either through having multiple love styles, you know, maybe they're into polyamory, Maybe they are exploring open relating. Mm -hmm. I also work with couples who've come out of that lifestyle and they're figuring out how to transition themselves back into monogamy. What I do is work with people who have felt like they didn't fit to yeah. make a love that will last no matter how they choose to live. 
Mm, I love how you said that to make sure that they can fit into creating a love that will last no matter how that they are objectified from the outside. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, I love that. So I know one of your uh, niche topics, because you did a dissertation on it, to say the least, is jealousy, which we know we are coming off of 15, I don't even know at this point, 16 plus months of lockdown. So there's been lots of couples who've been struggling just because of the overstimulation mm-hmm. of being kind of on top of each other for over a year coupled. and a half. Over, literally overcoupled. I love that. Totally want to steal that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag overcoupled. And some of them have created their own escapes. And yes. some of those escapes they've contracted with each other to, to be okay with. And many of them, they haven't. Or there was a contract agreement between the couple saying, you know, this is okay. These conversations okay. These doings are okay. But these other things are not. Mm-hmm. And in a spirit of rebellion to just have a deeper escape because they've been overcoupled, to, to use your phrasing, they've crossed some boundaries and oh, yeah. created some dynamics of jealousy and um, avoidance and all of the things that are happening with that. Do you um, teach a lot of your co- current clientele how to navigate that and manage it? Yeah. You know, working with people who aren't, they aren't comfortable with the the, the status quo rules that we get for um, relationships. Working yeah. with those folks means being clear about agreements yeah. and getting clear about what jealousy is for. And jealousy, mm-hmm. people try to run from it, they hide from it. But I studied jealousy and found it to be, be, in fact, a very neutral experience that we may feel very intensely as negative, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be. So I work with people to, to re-understand their, their partnership, yeah. make agreements that they actually will keep, <laughs> mm-hmm. and deal with their jealousy with honesty so that it can actually deepen their intimacy rather than harm it. Jealousy is one of those emotions that harms our intimacy. It doesn't have to. Yeah. I mean, when you break trust, it's really hard to repair that. Exactly. Exactly. And some of the repair has to do with getting clear on what exactly your agreements are. I, I do, um, I do a whole, um, deep dive day with people on relationship agreements. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a VIP day. It's like, cause I am in there with your couple setting up your actual agreements. Because what I find is that when people are coming to me looking for help on jealousy, the thing that they missed before all this mad fire of of, uh, embroiled jealousy started, they didn't actually have agreements. Mm -hmm. So frequently people assume that getting married means the same thing to both of them, that, you know, (laughs) coupling up means the same thing to both of them, that living together, having a baby together, that these are the things that define then all of the rules. Now we know how it works, except we don't. We were raised in different families and different communities. We come together with a bunch of assumptions. And if we don't get clear on what our agreements actually are, then we have the dreaded gray zone. And in that gray zone comes big hurt and big misunderstanding all the trouble. I can't agree with you more. We, I have a phrase called catch and the H at the end of that is about honoring your agreements. Oh, yeah. The end of the day, if you don't honor what you said you're going to do, you don't have integrity. And if you don't have integrity, then I can't trust you with my emotional safety. I can't trust you with my bedroom safety, you know, knowing that you'll honor what is good and not good for me based on the word that you said, I'll respect your stop or your go. If you're not going to honor something as small as you said that you would talk to me first 
before you engage in XYZ behavior, if that was the agreement, or you said that you would never bring anyone else into our relationship. And then you all of a sudden have these explosive moments and impulses to bring someone else in our relationship. You're crossing boundaries. And I'm going to fall back onto that word on purpose, because those are the things that we were talking about. To your point, a lot of people don't think they need to have these conversations because they feel like it'll just be understood. Exactly. So uh, when I was studying jealousy, um, I, I did my academic stu- study, the research that I have in individuals who identify as polyamorous. Polyamory yeah. just means many love. Mm-hmm. So these are people who intentionally enter into relationships that from the outside might look the way cheating looks, except there are agreements. Yeah. What I found was they had a way to deal with their agreements and their jealousy. When I did research afterward on how monogamous people were dealing with it, there was a lot of pain that I had not seen in the polyamorous individuals. Not to say that there wasn't pain in those interviews. There was, but it had a different tone, a different texture. And what the number one difference in those interviews was that even highly educated people, I had three interviews that were with psychologists even who were, Mm -hmm. when I said, okay, so how do you work with jealousy? What are your agreements? Um, You know, what does your monogamy look like? Questions like that they stumbled. They realized that they never actually had an agreement about their monogamy. They didn't know exactly what it was. I heard phrases like, well, he just knows what he should do. Oh, he knows what the rules are. Oh, you know, you know, it's just the rules. It's, you know, it's just, you know, what we do. And people meant well, but there were a lot of light bulb moments in those interviews with people who had been in relationships for many years, realizing that they were depending on an unspoken agreement, a silent agreement. Mm-hmm. And there be dragons, my friends, <laughs> there mm. be dragons, because that's the place that silent agreement is where people can slip by any number of, yeah, I interpret this rule differently than you do, or that I assumptions differently, exactly, mm-hmm. because there never was an agreement. That is the culture serves a wonderful yeah. purpose. Society serves a purpose, but its purpose is not to predefine every single agreement we have. We can now look at our society. We can look at our culture and say, hey, um, do you you agree that cheating involves these things and make a list about them? Do you agree that we are setting ourselves up as monogamous and it should look this way? Mm -hmm. Those conversations, when you get clear with somebody, whether you've been with them for one month, one year, or 10 years, if you have that conversation, you say, hey, what? What is our monogamy agreement exactly? You can avoid some of the stories that I heard all through this pandemic because you're right. It was a pressure cooker. It definitely was a pressure cooker. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. This also lends to the the shadow side Mm -hmm. of these agreements with your non-negotiables not being cleared. Right. You know, that there are, there should be, let me correct myself. There should be non-negotiables for every relationship, including the relationship you have with yourself. Yourself. You know, yeah. right. Like what <laughs> is non-negotiable right with where you? I was going. Right. Um, and inside relationship, being mindful of if you happen to be a person who's had a childhood experience that was traumatic all the way up through your early years of life, like all the way up mm-hmm. until like 2021, A lot of those things that were normal for us, that were traumatic, but normal, and it was just a part of our experience, we start to seek out that same energy in our mates. And you have to be really mindful what you're seeking out and attracting by default. If you're used to a very aggressive household and yelling, fussing, cussing, 
then it's normal for you to yeah. attract in a mate who's yelling, fussing, cussing, right? You know, it doesn't feel like it's triggering for you because it's the, it's a, a perverted version of security, right? Because that, that was your normal. And I say perverted, very subjective and very strong on purpose, um, especially if that's not the type of environment you choose to really be in once you've done some of your healing work and your, your deeper wounding work, you know, as you move forward. With that said, when we get in these relationships and we have these, of course, technology, and we have these uh, moments when all of a sudden we're like, oh, I don't like that he or she or they treat me this way or talk to me this way, or but I've never actually created a non-negotiable. Being clear with yourself that it's never too late to say, you know what, honey, I know we've been together three years, five years, 10 years, 50 years. The way that I allowed you to speak to me before the way that you have become accustomed with standing in my space and being aggressive or pointing a finger or uh, demanding that dinner be served by six o'clock, even though we both work late and, you know, all the other things, those things were part of my yesterday. So it's not a judgment of the other person, but that's not how I choose to move forward. This is a non-negotiable for me. And being really clear, that's the kind of the shadow side of those agreements. You have to be willing to share that too, is to help your mate who's also growing and evolving and, and changing the way he, she, or they were 20 some years ago when you first you know, met him on the street and was like, oh yes, you know, all this new energy. They're different too. And it allows you to create a new healthy space. And I think a lot of couples, and I'm leaning on you for this too, Dr. Jolie, a lot of couples feel like because we've been together so long that we can't possibly set up these new agreements and these new non-negotiables because then I've changed and that's not the person that they originally were attracted to. What are, yeah. what are some of the things you're helping your clients guide with that? Yeah, this is a big deal. I have people show up in my office or my metaphorical Zoom office, I suppose, <laughs> as we all Zoom away. Um, <laughs> I have people show up in the room who have been married a long time and one of the gravest, boldest things we can possibly do for each other is be willing to show up and say, I've changed. I see that you changed. I guide people specifically to have an, what I call an individuation accelerator relationship. Your mm. relationship is the place where you will engage in mutual growth. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, yeah, you have to be willing to own your needs and desires and also allow your partner to grow and change. And that doesn't mean that you have less um, commitment. My husband and I have, you know, we have a commitment and we revisit it. We revisit it frequently, as I'm sure you do with your partner. Absolutely. We, we know that if we're going to be growth oriented, we have to acknowledge yeah. those changes in our person. And one person who was recently in my office, they showed up alone. Um, their husband wasn't interested in doing the work at first. And mm -hmm. so they showed up alone and they realized that not only had they never had agreements, but they had no idea what their deal breakers were. So you're saying non-negotiables. I was saying deal breakers. Same thing. Same These thing. things that are core to us. Mm -hmm. She realized that she'd never set them up. So she had this long list of all the ways that he was not showing up for her. He was a jerk. He was problematic. He was just all this list. She was projecting her yeah. shadow all over him and had yeah. never actually given him the opportunity to meet her out in that field beyond right and wrong. Right? Mm -hmm. And when we, we worked for about six weeks before she was ready to say, Oh, this is, this is me. Yeah. This is me. That was just you know, step one, peeling back these layers because we really do have to allow ourselves 
to renegotiate with her partners. And this person was shocked to find that her partner was totally game for a renegotiation. It didn't mean it got, went super smoothly. We've been at this now for about nine months. Yeah. There have been some bumps, mm-hmm. certainly. But her partner was way into the idea of, oh, we get to negotiate. So I'm going to get to ask for the things I never got to ask for, too. Reciprocity. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So instead of it being, oh, let's go, let's go sit in a counselor's room and, you know, be told how I'm wrong and bad. It became, oh, how do we, how do we up-level together? And keep that growth oriented. How are we going to do this together? And they have a very unique relationship agreement now. It is, Mm -hmm. it's not like mine. It's not like anybody else's I know. Mm -hmm. It suits them. And that's what's required. No, I love that. And to your point, everyone's relationship should be unique to what works for them without exactly. judgment. And I know society likes to be judge judgmental. I'm a Christian minister woman who's also a sexologist and all the things. And I have been judged by my own community because of what I agree with, accept, allow, believe full, you know, full body and body, literally full body and body. We're going to go with that sentence because it feels really juicy to me when it rolls off my tongue, but you know, all of it. And I still say my relationship with my forever lover is why we have 26 plus years into this because Mm -hmm. we've made agreements and non-negotiables and changed and failed in the process and had to get additional counseling and had to lean on our support personnel to be able to maneuver through those bumps. As you mentioned, when you're willing to do the work, it makes a big difference in how you can also show up in whatever way that you work in the world, your impact, your influence. So, you know, there's a lot of couples who feel like, oh, I'll get to that later. It's fine. I'm growing this business, which are my favorite people. I'm too busy building and being wildly successful to prioritize that. As soon as you hit that spot where you realize how important this relationship is, you need to come talk to one of us because this is crucial for your ability to thrive. And I know hands down that a lot of couples are actually looking into the work that they're doing with you saying, hmm, Dr. Jolie, I think that when you had us renegotiate our agreements and get on the same page and, you know, boost our communication, all of a sudden I was attracting all of these amazing clients that were best fit for me or attracting better team members that we could lead and support me, right? I have a client who showed up, goodness, three years ago, we first started working together and he did his work at a pace. He was, yeah. he, he took a pace. He had some stuff to work through. Young man, young man, 27. When he first showed up, I was blown away because not everybody will show up yeah. into the process to do their work. And his work has taken a little time, partially because he was still growing. His prefrontal cortex was still coming fully on board, Amen. but CEO, mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. entrepreneur. This year he closed three international deals. He like nailed stuff. And it was his, his, his wife and he grounded their relationship. It deepened throughout COVID instead of getting harder. They leaned into their agreements and he was able to lean on her as he was making these really high level, high stakes decisions. He was Mm. able to lean on her without, without asking her to hold him up. If that makes sense. Lean into that loving comfort so that his weekends were his weekends Mm -hmm. and he could make these deals when he was supposed to. And I've been blown away by how much the relationship work has really transformed, not just his business, lots of people's, but this one, oh, it's juicy. It's so good to watch. Yeah. Those are those case studies that really remind us of why we show up fully. 
also being people who had to do the work. Yep, we're skilled. We have the education, blah, blah, all the alphabet soup, as I call it, behind our name. Oh, yeah. And we're a reflection of the product, making sure that we apply everything we need to to and with each other and holding ourselves accountable to the deeper work that we also have to do. I tell everyone that we come in contact with, if you're working with a coach, therapist, advisor, mentor, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't believe in being coached, going to therapy, being a mentee, then you are in the wrong room. Oh yeah. That is not okay on any level. It's it's so harsh um, to have to help people see that that they should be asking me questions. Ask me questions when you're hiring me. Ask questions of the people who are going to guide you in your relationship. So I am LGBTQAI friendly um, because I'm part of the community. So Mm -hmm. I'm pansexual and I identify fully as queer. So does my husband. So we, we own that. We participate in our community. I actively, so I'm not just like, I'm okay with this. I'm not just accepting. I want people to ask me, what's your experience? Mm -hmm. Because I believe in the transparency of our coaching. Really, uh, because that's how, that's how people know that they're really going to be held, that they're going to be honored in their space, that they're going to be honored in their journey. That's not to say that somebody else isn't a super gifted coach or, or a therapist. You'll get the magic when you match with somebody who has walked down the road that you're walking down. It makes a difference. I can't agree more. You know, I'm tempted to grab these maracas again, right? Like they're, <laughs> they're looking at me because I... <laughs> I know that it'll throw off our audio sound, but I am shaking them in my spirit because you're a thousand percent right. It's one of the real reasons that you and I are such great power partners for each other. I tell people, current clients, potential clients, prospective power partners, anytime they ask me like, oh, well, do you work with people who are polyamorous? I was like, oh, I got two people I can refer you to because that's not my skill set. Am I qualified educationally? Of course I am. But does that mean that that's my best fit place? No. And I walk in that firmly without feeling the need to just take on everyone because I can, which I think is one of the reasons we have such a beautiful relationship too. You know what? I think you're naming something so pivotal pivotal in the relationship space too. You're not a good fit for every person you date too, right? Like you go out on dates and dating is about eliminating people who aren't your right fit, Mm -hmm. not because they're bad people, but because you're not the right fit. I love having you to be able to point people who are deeply rooted in their faith like, yeah, Nikita, yes. Nikita's your woman. Yes. This, having that is making those matches. And that is, that is key. When we think about that in our relationship, sometimes I ask people to go back. I have a client right now. I'm asking her to go back, write out your love story. How did it mm-hmm. start? Because yeah. they forget that they chose this person for a reason. Some of that reason had to do with their patterns from early life. The repetition compulsion is real. Freud got a lot wrong, but he got that one right. That's right. We will seek out what is familiar. It's true. So we want to look at that, but we also want to look at what, what were those magic moments? Because I had a magic moment meeting you and I don't want to lose <laughs> track of that. Like, oh, there's a, that's it. This is a person yeah. who I want in my sphere. And yes. when we can remember that our partner is actually one of those people we want in our circle, yeah. then it stops being about this pressury. I have to have a relationship that looks a certain way. And right. it starts being about actually relating. Relating to your partner isn't that different from choosing your friends, from choosing your your chosen family, your spiritual community. Choose them. Choose them and know that you're choosing them every single day. That's the Mm. magic. This is one of those mic drop moments with Dr. Jolie. (laughs) 
I can't agree more. And you know, I am not without words. That's one of those statements where I'm like, I don't even know what to say back to that. But yes, yes, yes. yes, And more yes to everything Dr. Julie Hamilton just said. I value this so much. So before we wrap up for the day, I have to ask you a couple of quick questions. One is what chose you, what, what chose you, you hear me? Because you just said, choose them. Choose it. (laughs) It's right there. I can't, I can't break it. What led you to do this type of work for the world? Like what made you decide to break your own boxes? Because you could have gone for MBA and, you know, just done all the traditional things. But what led you to this space? This space chose me, I really believe. And it chose me by putting every obstacle in my path. This is my 13th business. I love opening businesses. Come on. So I knew I was staying with the entrepreneurs, even though I went back for a PhD and everybody's like, oh, you're going to academia. I'm like, nah, I'm heading right back into my entrepreneurial world. And I made every mistake in love. I messed it up so hard. And I decided to study my way out of it. Yeah, That was my path. That's what I did. And so I love being in this space of actively helping people create the relationships they want because I know what it's like and how limiting it is to be in a relationship that is no longer functional. And when I, I mean, I I was divorced once and I, um, when I said goodbye to that partner, he was released to find his person too. And his business is now so much stronger for it. We're both entrepreneurs and now we like, we're thriving apart. I never would have dreamed that, but sometimes the mistakes are exactly what leads you to your real calling. Mm, 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 mm. You know, hands down, that's my story. So I can't agree with you more. I do believe that it heightens the superpower you already had when you have a level of relatability and compassion with the people that you're serving. Um, Although our egos are there to protect us and it can also be a blocker for us, when you have compassion that's coming from a space of I've been there, I've bought that t-shirt and worn that baseball cap to that party before too, it literally lowers all of the guards of your ego that would normally make you feel like, well, I have to be the authority. I have to be the one in charge. So you can fully listen to whoever you're in, who you're privileged to be in front of and receive their vulnerability and the strength of that when they feel like they're in their weakest moment. So I, I honor that completely. It is, it's beautiful, magical, and I relate to it strongly. So thank you for that. It's been a pleasure to read your story so that I know I'm not alone in that, that opinion. (laughs) No, you are definitely not. Second quick question. You know, I asked all of our favorite guests, how do you give yourself permission to pause? And this is a great question, Nikita, because when I saw it, I thought, oh, you know what? <laughs> you could probably use a refresher on this, Julie. Um, I do two things. One is I turn to my I turn to my guidance, my my inner wisdom yeah. and ask it what I need. Because often I, ha- I need to listen for a very small voice. And this is actually the voice of my inner child, really. It's a very young girl's voice. She knows much better than I do when yeah. I need to pause. And then I ask my partner for help. Mm-hmm. I have a deal with my partner. I have an, a clear agreement that says when I am flailing and you hear me sound childish or sound, sound selfish in a, in a negative way, I would love it if you would remind me that it's okay to pause. And yeah. Leaning on his strength in that moment when he says, hey, I think this might be one of those moments, allows me to be in, feel held 
by him and not always have to hold myself to oh, every I single thing. It's, it's beautiful. Sometimes he will even write it down on a little card and slip it under my office door because he can hear me going a little nuts. Mm-hmm. And it'll just say, you have permission to let go. And it brings me to tears when it happens because it means it also tells me that he sees me. He yeah. sees me when I'm struggling and he sees me when I'm bold and amazing. So that's I, my secret sauce. <laughs> yes. No, I love this completely. Um, for those of you who are listening to us, you guys can't see Jack, Dr. Jolie and I, but I'm wearing a shirt that says protect your peace. And that wasn't on purpose today, right? Like we didn't know we were going to have this version of this conversation. This interview is completely unscripted minus those favorite questions that I asked at the end. Like how do you give yourself permission to pause? And what you just described to me is how you protect your peace and how your your forever lover supports you in that process of protecting you by honoring and holding sacred space with giving you the space that you need simultaneously. Because some people hear holding space and think they have to literally be in proximity with you to do that. And that's not true. It's not. In fact, he has done it by text. I got my doctorate in California. I live in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of travel. And sometimes he would hear me on the phone. And so I would get a text at 1030 in the morning saying, hey, your morning break. Remember, it's your break. He just remind me. I didn't know that I was allowed to trust someone so deeply until I made those agreements and asked for that help. It's huge. I, listen, you know, you, you're talking to the queen of ask and thou shall receive as yes. long as you can fully embody and feel you receiving it versus you asking for something and then blocking it with your actions. Right. Oh, <laughs> listen, that is a whole nother. That's a whole other episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jolie, you are amazing. You know how much I love on you on and off the air. Please tell everyone how they can connect with you and a little bit about the special gift that you have for the listeners. Oh, I would love for people to hop on over and find me at my website. It's joliehamilton.com, J-O-L-I, Hamilton, like the musical. Nice and easy to remember. (laughs) And I have a special gift. If you're tired of going on dates with your lover and talking about the same three things, work and children and how much you have in common about being tired. And those three things only, if you're tired of that conversation, head on over right at the top of the page, you'll see the curiosity date, an invitation to just take your love in a new direction. It's the cheapest, most in-depth date you can possibly have. I invite you to grab it this week and just go for it. I'm a thousand percent for it. And I have to vouch. So Dr. Jolie and I have one of our clients in in common and our client partners that I call all the clients, client partners, because we're partners in each other's success and their love and their future use the curiosity date questions. And they were raving about it. When we met in our session, they were like, oh my God, we had this date. We had such a, a fantastic time. And I learned this about him and I learned that about her and who knew? <laughs> and they've been together over a decade, guys. So this applies to not just the newbies, but it applies to everyone along every part of their journey. So make sure you go straight to drjoliehamilton.com and check that out. Awesome. I would love that. And, you know, Nikita, I also wrote a book. So if people are looking for information about how to to deal with being an entrepreneur and keep their relationship hot, um, Project Relationship, an Entrepreneur's Action Plan for Passionate, Sustainable Love. And if you like what Nikita has to say, then I think we're all going to get along real well because I feel like sometimes I open it and I'm like, did I write this or did Nikita write this sentence? I think we are on the same wavelength. We really are. We have really good emotional intimacy. We do. We do. (laughs) 
Chocolate Jolly, I literally love you so much. And thank you so much for taking out time out of your very full day to come and share this truth with us. We appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Nikita. Balance Bowly listeners. I know. I always deliver. I tell you I'm bringing it, and I do, because I honor my agreements. Hello. We just had a whole 30-minute conversation about this with Dr. Jolie Hamilton. So make sure you honor your agreement, too. You were listening. You showed up. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode because we want people to not just know about the Balance Bully podcast at high level. We want them to meet these phenomenal experts like like Dr. Jolie Hamilton, who's one of my special friends that I hands down will stand on a stage and say, listen, you want to know about this thing, that thing, or the other? Don't come to me. Go to her because I'm powerful enough to recognize my niche space and my truth and my superpower and be able to share with a sister friend, which Dr. Jolie Hamilton is. So make sure that you guys honor that for yourselves. And don't just think about all this good information, these nuggets and gems that you got for yourself. Share it. Think of that woman or man or person that's in your life that could really benefit from hearing this conversation on how it's never too late to have a bold mindset in your marriage. Thank you so much, guys, for following us. I want you to continue to do what you do by creating your balance and create your joy, but remember, do it boldly.